work God called me to do. With Campus Crusade for Christ International, as Deb said, uh, some of you may have heard it's called CRU, C-R-U, in the U.S. Each country can have its own name. So anyway, um, I'm thankful to Pastor Allen for letting me have time this morning to give an update to the church on kind of a little bit of what our partnership uh, has been involved in and what God's been doing. Uh, it's now 48 years for me on staff with, with uh, Campus Crusade and, and, and counting. Uh, you know, I, I was asking the Lord, everyone I knew was retiring, and, and I legally can. I'm 70 now, but I, uh, I said, well, is it time yet? And he kind of, you know, the only word I got was keep going. So <laughs> I, I keep going as long as I can. I always say I'm gimpier than I used to be, but still going. So, and I'm grateful for the health that lets me do this. At the moment, for those of you who remember my weird medical history, I'm medically boring and thankful for that. <laughs> So that lets me keep focusing on um, doing my small part of helping to expand his kingdom by uh, equipping people and multiplying disciples and, and multiplying discipleship and, and impersonal witness. And you know, I, I don't have to tell you that the world around us just shows how desperately uh, it needs the gospel. And uh, we're seeing so many who are spiritually hungry and, uh, hungry and yet they don't know what they're hungry for. So our reaching out to them, was glad to see you've got an evangelism training coming up, is just as, I believe it's more important now than it was when, when I first started doing this. And I think the need for discipleship is even greater. What I'm not seeing is an equal amount of eagerness or hunger. It takes a little more work to find folks who are ready to, to trust in Christ and to grow in Christ. But believe me, they, they are out there. And it's wonderful to know a Savior who still forgives sin and transforms lives and gives us a purpose for life and prepares us to live with him forever. And what an offering we have to share with other people. And how deep is that hole in people's hearts uh, to come to know that great gift. The great commission of our Lord Jesus to share the gospel with all nations, tribes, peoples, tongues, in other words, everywhere, to make disciples of all nations continues to be our marching order. And in different seasons, we may be involved differently. Uh, certainly, I can't do physically what I once did, but he gives each of us uh, a role to play and, and our part in the work. Sometimes I'll admit it doesn't look like that around us, that the harvest is ripe or ripening. Uh, but. Uh, you know, we, we continue to walk by faith in that area on the days when we can't see that, knowing that the Holy Spirit is always at work in lives, drawing them, drawing people to the Lord. And, and that's why, you know, by faith we trust him to raise up more laborers for the harvest. And uh, that's been, you know, my heart cry that, that as I'm involved in people's lives, it can help them and encourage them in their service for him. It was a particular encouragement for me to meet a few months ago a, a young woman named Heather. She had such eagerness to grow, and, and we were actually meeting to talk about uh, the National Day of Prayer, uh, the observance that's on the north side of Indianapolis. It's always the first Thursday in May, if you want to mark your calendars, uh, and it's a wonderful national gathering of prayer for the nation. 
But we were meeting to talk about her helping, and this was very exciting because most of us who've been working on that event uh, were getting older. I mean, really older, even older than me. And, uh, and so we've been praying for younger people to come alongside and bring some, you know, some fresh energy and ideas. And, uh, and Heather was very intrigued by this. And so as we talked about what we do, she works in real estate, and I explained what I do. And, and she, was, she actually went to Bible college, but she said, you know, I don't, I, I don't think I've ever been discipled. So what does that look like? And as I explained the curriculum that I, that I found very helpful and the relationship one-on-one, she, uh, she said she really wanted to do that. What I loved about it was not that she just wanted to grow, but she was very excited about the idea she would learn how to pass this on to someone else. And uh, we're on lesson, we just finished lesson two in the very first book, and she already has two people. Uh, in mind that she wants to do this with. So, you know, it's, it's fun to think about her at 32 years of age and the potential she has to be used of God in the days ahead. I meet with several other women for discipleship. They're all from different churches, and it's a, a blessing just to see, again, their hearts for God, their faithful service to him, and, and how he uses them where they worship and live and work. I've mentioned over the years, I'm so sorry, my decongestant has just caught up with me. I'm gonna get my bottle of water here. Thank you. Well, I've mentioned over the years a community organization I'm part of in the Indianapolis area. It involves about 250 women from more than 35 countries. And I enjoy the, uh, the friendships that it offers with some truly wonderful women, but another motivation is to look for opportunities to talk about Jesus. Uh, it is a secular organization with many religious backgrounds, and uh, through the years I've had the opportunity through different things that, that have been held there to share my own personal testimony, to. Uh, to share the women's version of the Jesus film, uh, released from shame with them, and, and, and different things that God has just opened up. One response to my sharing uh, came from a woman of South Vietnamese background. Uh, Thuy, T-H-U-Y, but it sounds like T-W-E-E, Thuy, and her family were forced to flee South Vietnam when it fell to, to the communists. They lived as refugees and very poor refugees in Canada for a number of years and began to rebuild their life. And Twee eventually uh, came to the United States. Some years after that, she met her husband uh, and, uh, and ended up in Indiana. She's an accomplished artist. She's an incredible cook and a great hostess. She's a wife and mother, and she's been very involved in the leadership of this group. But more importantly, she has a tremendous heart for God. And so when we met, she had never really studied the Bible before. Uh, she kind of had a quasi-Buddhist background, and then her dad converted to Catholicism. And so she had the Bible stories, but she didn't know how it all fit together. 
And uh, during uh, those, those first days of meeting, she decided for sure she wanted to, uh, to follow Jesus. So we started studying the Bible together. And earlier this year, I felt she had enough of a grasp of the big picture that we could, uh, we could begin the discipleship material. And I, you know, English is her third language. And so I wasn't sure, you know, if it might be a little hard for her, because it's, it's a lot of reading. But she, she's done, she has done great. And uh, she's, a, she's a natural way of life witness, actually. Um, she uh, has, has just told more people than I can count that she does Bible study with me. She'll bring it up in group meetings. And, and so it's, again, it's, off, it's opened opportunities to talk about the Lord with these women. Uh, last week, she got a call from a woman in the group called Kim. Kim uh, lived and grew up in Thailand, although she actually is uh, American-born. And uh, she is of Jewish heritage. Uh, one of my earlier discipleship partners, Iris, had worked with her on projects and sought to talk to her several times about the Lord. And Kim was, you know, politely interested, but uh, with her Jewish background, and she, by her own words, was agnostic. She didn't know if God even existed, let alone cared about her. Uh, it, she wasn't really interested in moving toward him at that time. But she called Twi and uh, said that she had uh, come, turned to, turned to come, turned to, she put it, I don't use these words, but she put it that she had converted to, to Christianity from Judaism. And so uh, Twi and I met with her this last week, and she's a woman with many wounds in her past, and yet, uh, you know, just very firm. She's getting quite a bit of harassment about this decision uh, from uh, friends and family, but uh, she's, she's really wanting to go on. So we're looking uh, on how to encourage her in that, connect her with someone for one-to-one -one nurture, uh, connect her with some people with a good church over on the west side, and and I I think that down the road uh, the the great the uh, banquet could be a great blessing to her of really experiencing the love of God. So uh, would welcome welcome your prayers for for her if you if you happen to remember. This past week too, I've had a chance to meet three new women um, who are interested in joining the group and. I'm looking forward to meeting them for coffee, getting to know them, and hopefully again, having an opportunity to share Jesus. So these women, you know, are on my heart often because very few of them really know the gospel, uh, certainly know little about Jesus, and yet the, the hunger and the longing is there. So that continues to be an ongoing prayer point for me. A couple of encouraging glimpses, brief ones, as we look at the job that remains in our world. The Jesus film, uh, you may remember some of you that I worked with that for 15 years reporting on that, is now in 2,000 languages. And they're, they're moving on. They're still doing the even smaller languages so that everyone has at least one chance to hear about Jesus and in a language that they can understand. Ukraine, of course, has been on the hearts of many this, this year, and uh, I, I visited Ukraine uh, way back in the 90s when things were opening and we premiered the Jesus film there, but I hadn't really thought about it much until the war happened, and uh, you know, these past months uh, here in the U.S. and other countries, we've become much more linked with the uh, 120 
120 Ukrainian staff, and most of them remained in the country. The moms with little kids, they, uh, they felt they needed to move them out at the beginning for safety. But a lot of our staff are back now, and many of them stayed and were involved in aid runs, taking people out of war areas, getting them to safety. And they're now doing a, a, a kind of a specialized aid package where they take boxes of food and resources weekly, and each week it has a different question about the gospel on it, so that by the end of four weeks of delivery, they've had a chance to really present in a simple way the essence of the gospel. You know, it's going to continue to be tough there for a long time for many reasons, no matter what happens with this war. And so, you know, to see such courageous national staff who are uh, risking their lives often uh, has been an inspiration to me. At our summer staff conference, one speaker closed her talk with words written some time ago by an African Christian who was about to be killed the next day for his, uh, his unwavering commitment to Christ. And his words touched me deeply, and so I'd like to close with this. I, I hope it encourages you well. It's called The Fellowship of the Unashamed. One more sip. The Fellowship of the Unashamed. This brother wrote, I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. The die has been cast. I've stepped over the line. The decision's been made. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. And my future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, chintzy giving, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I now live by presence, lean by faith, love by patience, lift by prayer, and labor by power. My pace is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven. My road is narrow, my way is rough, my companions few. My guide, reliable, my mission, clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, deterred, uh, lured away, turned back, deluded or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, Ponder at the pool of popularity or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I must go until heaven returns, give until I drop, preach until all know, and work until he comes. And when he comes to get his own, he will have no problem recognizing me. My colors will be clear. This brother was killed the next day, and this was found. Uh, written in his room. So, boy, it gives me a lot to uh, be challenged by and to want to keep going. And thank you again so much for your, courage, your encouragement, your support, your love, your prayers. Glory be to God. Let's go to the Word. Do we have something else? I don't want to miss anything from the program. Good. Am I good? Okay, because last time I missed a couple things. Uh, go, go with me to Luke, please. Uh, we're going to go to Luke uh, 24. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Are you excited this morning? Amen. Come on. Yes. Luke 24. Can you hear that? You know what this theme is from? Huh? Jeopardy. I just like it. Give me a minute. <laughs> For a carton of eggs, I'm going to read something, and I want to see who of you can tell me who uh, spoke, said or spoke this speech, okay? And the price won't be $100. It will be a carton of eggs. Fresh <laughs> eggs, okay? Okay. And this is, this is how this speech went. Okay, you, uh, pay attention, okay? I'm going to read two speeches. Just one, two. But, he says, in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. Come on, who, is, who says that? Uh, <laughs> All right, let me finish. <laughs> okay, let me finish this. Let me finish this piece. You know who he, who he was. When, when did he do this? Do you remember? Gettysburg. The Gettysburg. Okay, but he says at the end, listen to what he says. He says, he says, it is for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us. That from this honored dead, we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last measure of devotion. Okay. Uh, there's one more. Okay, we'll see if, you, we'll see if you're that good. <laughs> Listen to this one. Let the word go forth from this time and place to friend and folk alike. That the torch has been passed to a new generation of Americans, born in this century, tempered by war, disciplined by a hard and bitter peace, proud of our ancient heritage, and unwilling to witness or permit the slow undoing of those human rights to which this nation has always been committed, and to which we are committed today at home and around the world. Who says that one? You, you got it. <laughs> Here's your carton of eggs. Yeah. yeah, okay. So he says that. After that, he says this. And all of us wouldn't know this. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Okay. Now I'm going to read Luke 24. And why am I, let me, I'm just going to, it's just going to take a few minutes. Thank you for coming today. You, I could have just seated there, you preached my sermon. That's, that's okay. That's wonderful because it's, for me, it's like a confirmation. That this is the times, and I believe with all my heart, that this is the assignment God has for us, Palestine Christian Church. Amen. It's time to reach out. It's time to go, to look around, to turn around, to see for our fellow neighbors. You know what? Get it, uh, Kennedy's speech was really motivated by Lincoln's ones. That's what, that's what he uses for. 
That's where they got their inspiration for. But both of those speeches have something in common. That they realize, they recognize the need of the active participation of everyone to, to be able to fulfill a task. Amen? And the reason I read those is because you and I, we also, we have a great commission. We have a great commission. And before I read Luke, let me see this word commission. I went to the dictionary to see what commission means. And commission means, it says, it's an order granting the power to perform various acts or duties. A commission is a command to act in a prescribed manner or to perform prescribed acts. And the third definition that I wrote down is a group of persons directed to perform some duty. Amen. Listen, in Luke 24, you can find the Great Commission, Matthew 28, uh, uh, there's, there's the Mark 1, and there's the Luke 1. And all of them has the same instruction. This was Jesus' final address. And it was a commission for us. He entrusted us to do something. There's a duty that He's expecting us to perform. And this morning, I want to invite you to be part of it. Amen. When I was coming here, God... I'm not crazy. God told me. He says, the reason we don't do the commission is because most of the times, the body of Christ, the church, each member doesn't feel capable. A lot of us think that because of our past mistakes, we don't have the, listen carefully, we don't have the right or the entitled to be able to share Christ with us. Just because you had a rocky past, a rowdy past, doesn't, doesn't withdraw the right to share Christ to others. Don't let those things stop you. And we don't have to be even technically elaborated to go and share Christ. It's just about being honest with others. So in Luke 14, Luke, uh, I'm sorry, Luke, Luke 24, verses, verses 46. Luke 24, verses 46, and it reads like this. He says, He told them, this is Jesus speaking. This is, what is, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the death on the third day. And listen, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in His name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And Jesus told His disciples, that includes you and me, folks. He says, you are witnesses of these things. I, I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Hallelujah. I like that. Amen. So I'm, I, I wrote in my notes, God requires. It's, it's not a new thing that God requires His people to participate in His in His plans and in his goals I, I won't go there from from for the sake of time but in exodus 25 exodus 35 god told moses ask the people to bring gold they were going to build a tabernacle if you remember i always wonder why god didn't send a bunch of angels 
to go to some other planet and bring the gold and the, and the silver and all, the, all of the elements that he needed to build the tabernacle. But you know what he did? God invited his people to be participants in his uh, plans, his mission, his vision. And that is, that is also uh, current for us today. God is asking us to participate in what he has laid out for humanity, which is what? Salvation. You can find also in, in Paul's writings, 2 Corinthians 8. I won't go there for the sake of time. Paul is also asking the people to bring an offering, to bring assistance, to participate in what God is doing. Amen? Amen. So that, this is not nothing new, what Kennedy did or, or, or Abraham Lincoln did. Amen? It's God's way of doing things. God is giving us the opportunity to participate. I, once again, listen, when I hear you, you're participating in a great banquet and you're participating in all the things, it really makes me so glad to see that you're committed. You know what? And it's also sacrificial because you, lay, you have to lay aside time with your family, uh, uh, businesses, jobs, and things to do the work of the ministry. Amen? But God is counting on us. Ask, I, I won't say like Kennedy did. You know how I titled this sermon? Ask not. How many times we have come before God? Hey, God, God has no problems with it. Just with a list of requests and concerns. And that's okay. That's, I don't want to discourage. Keep doing it if you're doing it. But how many times have we asked him, what can I do, Lord, for your kingdom's sake? What can I do, Father? Is there something you want me to do, Lord? Is there something you want me to get involved in? If there's someone you want me to call or, or visit, and I can guarantee you 100% that you're going, the Holy Spirit is going to prompt you to reach out to someone. Amen. I can guarantee you that. It is time for us, church, really, it is time for us to speed up, if I can use that word. It's time for us to speed up what God wants to do. Beginning with what? With Wolcott. Beginning with what? With Remington. Beginning with Reynolds, beginning with Monticello, beginning with Goodland, beginning with Kentland. Amen? We need to speed up because the commission is there and it's big. And you know what? Don't rely, don't, don't rely on yourself. Rely on God. Somebody told me, uh, he told me, you know what, it's because I did something in the past, or, and that's why I don't, because I keep, I keep telling him, I keep telling him, hey, come on, let's, you, you have a calling, let's do it, come on, let's do it, hurry up, let's do it. And, and, and what, is, what is holding you back? What, what is holding you back? Because you can tell that he, just, he wants to, but something is holding, what is holding you back? He says, well, you know, and he starts telling me all the mistakes he did. And let me tell you, they were tiny things compared to what I did. 
Really? Really? You know what? I was a sinner. I'm telling you right now. I was a, Millie never knew that, that, uh, that part of me. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> but folks, and this, is, this goes to all of you. I'm not standing here for because of what I am. I'm standing here because of his name. Amen. Don't, don't, don't rely on your talents or your gift or, 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 or if you can do this, you can do that. No. No. Because if you rely on yourself, you, you're automatically disqualified. I don't, I'm not standing here under my own authority. I don't have any. I don't pray under my own authority. I don't have any. The disciples in the Bible didn't have any. They were sinners as, as well. But who gave them the authority is the same who is giving you the authority and the power to be able to go and reach out. What am I going to tell him? I don't know. God's going to do something. And I, like you said, let me tell you, people are eager to hear. I was so surprised because I thought this. I told you before that I'm in, in driving school. There are some rough guys there. I'm telling you right now. So anyways, we go, we go on the road. And this is how I realized people are really eager to hear from God. So there's the, the, the driver's seat. There's the passenger seat. And those semis, I've never been in any other semi before. The sleeper is how you call the part, the part in the back. The sleeper, they modify it so they have like chairs. So there's like five of us in the truck. So my, my, my instructor is here. I'm driving, and three, behind me, there's three guys. Like I said before, they need some Jesus. I'm telling you. So, but listen, listen, how this, how this worked. Because it was a huge lesson for me. So, you know, they are, yeah, that beep. I told that beep. That's uh, uh, beeping. Hey, did you see that beep? And, and all you hear is beep, 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 beep. That's the conversation. So the instructor is there, he says, yeah, he says, African-American guys, yeah, I smoke some weed, and I'm like, okay, and, but suddenly, and the three guys in the back, yeah, I remember, beep, I remember, beep, 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 <laughs> all right, so, but he says, I won't be here tomorrow, I have a, I, I have the day off because of my religion, so, okay, now I want to hear this, because he just said he smoked weed, but he won't be here, but, okay. And he, listen, he turned around, he says, you know, you folks know who Jesus is? And I was like in shock. And I'm the pastor there. I'm like, what? <laughs> you, and to the, the other three guys in the back, you know, you know who Jesus is? And I could see, and this is what I want to share with you. Those guy faces change. And, not, and I didn't hear any other beep during the whole 15 miles that I drove. <laughs> Because he started preaching to them the gospel. Sometimes, sometimes we underestimate people. We think that they won't receive us. Because probably they're young. Because probably we're in college. Because we, probably we party a lot. And probably they don't want to hear you. We think that, we, that people don't want to hear Jesus. But let me tell you this morning. There's a huge need in everyone to hear from God. 
And they were like, Gia, Gia. When he was, Jesus did this, Jesus did that. And the guys in the back were like, Gia, Gia. That's, yes, I guess that's what it means. I don't know. But listen, they changed their whole thing. So I learned a lesson. Everybody, everyone, those who have this facade of being rough, no, I don't want anything with Jesus. No, 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 I don't want anything with the. So why that God will do this? That God did this to me. Why God did the other thing to me? Deep inside their hearts, they have a need to hear from God. And not only that, they are longing to hear from Christ. Amen? So in closing, I want to invite us, us, church, to be participant of this great commission. I, we won't, I'm not asking anyone to go to... What, what, what do you need missionaries? Pardon? Where do we need Yeah, them? give me a rough place because there's uh, some people here want to go there. Chad. I don't want to ask, I, I won't ask you to go to Chad, <laughs> even if you want to. Russia. Or Russia. But there's a few things we can do. Write them down. What can we do to participate in this commission? Write them down, and I'm in closing now. Number one, I wrote this. Pray. Prayers, prayers. Without prayers, anything, nothing will happen without our prayers. Without our prayers, nothing will change. Why? I had to go through the whole Genesis 128 again, but I say, folks, let's pray. Pray for what? Pray for workers, for laborers. If you can go because you're busy, send someone. You have missions field. There's a great, organi there's a great organization to, to send money to. I can go. Probably you're busy. You have a lot of commitments. But there's people who want to go and they don't have the resources to do so. We can be part of that mission with them. Pray for laborer, laborers to the fields, workers to the fields. Amen. Pray for what? Pray for opening of eyes. Acts 26, if you want to write this down. Acts 26, verses 15 through 18. That's the, the mission that God gave Paul. It's the same mission for us. And pray for people to know about God. And specifically, pray for people to know about God. Amen. Ephesians 1.17, Galatians, Ephesians 3 are models. Pray, Paul prayed those prayers that can help us as models as how to pray for people. You've been sharing the gospel to some people and it seems like it just bounds. What you need to do is pray for them, for God to open their eyes. Amen. To receive this gospel. What else can I do, Alan? What else can we do? I wrote this down. Ephesians 4.29, include God in your conversations. Be purposeful, be mindful to include God in your conversations. Amen. Before you're going to visit someone, it can be someone you've known for 40 or 50 years. But if you know they have a need for the Lord, find a way. Ask guidance to how to share God in your conversations. For, uh, Ephesians 4.29, quickly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. Ephesians 4.29, do you have it? It reads like this. Do not, do, no, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, 
but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Amen? Number three, what else can I do? What else can I do? Ask God to use you. Ask every morning. Listen. Let's make a commitment. I want to invite you. And I told you this last Sunday. I'm going to tell you this today. And probably I'm going to tell you this for I don't know how many Sundays ahead. But really, everything you do is great. Folks, I'm, I, I, I commend you for wanting to conquer the world. But listen, when the trumpet blows, there's only one thing that would, will matter. Only one thing will matter. And the question will be, is your name written in the book of life? God won't ask me, and I tell you this before, and I, you, you, you go for it. You, you young folks, finish, finish college, take a master's program, hey, go through a PhD program, amen, found, found new companies, do everything that is in your heart. But all of that is just a mean to an end. Amen. Because at the end of the day, what's, what's going to matter is, is my name written in the book of life. That's all the things Jesus is going to ask when I get there. Amen. Amen. So I, I, want, I want to invite you, not for, not for seven years. I want to invite you to make a commitment for six months. He said, Lord, what can I do? Pray every morning. He said, Father, I'm going out. I'm going to my workplace today. Father, how can, what can I do for your kingdom's sake? What can I do, I do for someone else? Is there someone else you're trying to reach, Lord? If there's someone there that you want to save, how can I be a part of it? How can I be a contributor to that? Amen. And I can guarantee you this. God is going to let you know who he wants you to reach. And as you minister, hallelujah, he's going to minister back to you. This is like, a, I don't know how this works, this system God has. But as, as, I, as I serve him, he takes care of my needs. Heavenly Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is your will done in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. God knows you have daily bread. You need daily bread. God knows you have dreams. God knows you have goals to accomplish. But as we serve him, he makes sure that everything is supplied on our side. Amen. I want to, I wanna, and I'm closing with this now. This is the third time that I close. Four. I had two left, right? Two left. No. Five minutes. Really? Okay. I don't waste five minutes. You know that. Here. I want to invite you today to make a commitment for the Lord. I wa really, I want to encourage you to make a commitment for God. Say, how can I serve you, Lord? Not all of us, listen, not all of us are called to the, to, 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 to the nations. But we, can, we, we, we are so talented. How can I use my talents, God? How can I use my gift, Lord, for your kingdom's sake? Quick testimony. I remember I came out of a rough time in my life. I told you this before. 
rough, rough time. And I had two choices, two choices, no more than two. Whether I will go to the world back again, because I've, I've been in church, and now I have, to have a decision to face, where I go to the, how am I, live, how am I going to live my life? Am, am I going to go back to the world, or I will have to submerge myself in Christ? You know what I decide, praise God. I said, well, really, I don't want to go back to the world. So I decided I was going to give my life to Christ. You know, that's a, that phrase that I'm going to give my life to Christ is kind of trite. But I truly gave my life to Christ. And as I gave my life to Christ, I, I, I became in love with Jesus. Have you ever felt that feeling? That all you want, you want to do is spend time with him. I will wake up in the morning. All I wanted to do is, Lord, I just want to be with you. I just want to worship you. I just want to read your words. I will read the Psalms aloud like I was reciting him a poem. And you know what happened. And this is going to happen to you if you do so. God started, first, first of all, he started healing my heart. I needed healing. I needed restoration. He started healing my heart. And then everything that I always dream about, boom. Without me knocking one single door, every door would start opening. I said, wow, I've been waiting for that like 10 years. And now without knocking, the door open. Why? Because when we delight ourselves in the Lord, He grants us the desires of our heart. Uh, if, you, if you have a goal that you haven't accomplished yet, I, I have a word of advice for you. Delight yourself in the Lord. Spend time in His presence. Give yourself, listen, give your life to Christ. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Those are, no simple, those, those are not lyrics from a, from a song. That's, in my case, that's my anthem. Everything that I do, and God takes care of me. He will take care of you. But it's our time. He's counting up on us to go and reach out. There's a massive harvest out there waiting for laborers. Who will go? Who will go? Who will I send, says the Spirit of the Lord? Send me. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today, Lord, as we close and we prepare for communion. Lord, you've been so good to us, Lord. You've been so good, so good to us, Lord. We thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. We thank you for your kindness. Maybe we are going through difficult times, but we're going to get to the other side because you are with us. You are in this boat with us, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord. But today as a body, as a body, we come before you, Lord, to commit ourselves to the kingdom, to your kingdom, Lord. So we can go and, and tell people, repent, because the kingdom of God is at hand. Father, I pray that you will move over everyone present on this building. Father, and Father, give us the desire to do your biddings, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Father. Give us the wisdom.
Give us the, the discernment. Give us the tactics, Father, to share your goodness with some other, Father. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father, that you're going to use us, Lord. That you call, that you call us worthy, Father. That you consider us worthy of this calling, Lord. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit.